feeling it. I'm pumped. Yeah. Let's do it. I just coughed a lot, so I'm kind of <laughs> out of it. <laughs> oh, no. But I'm glad you're <laughs> This is going to be an interesting podcast. Mm-hmm. Hopefully I don't have to edit out too many coughs. <laughs> You know, they say a mind is a terrible thing to waste. But what would happen if one man filled another's with the scariest films of all time? <laughs> Who are you talking to? <clears throat> no- nothing. Ready to watch some movies? Aw, oh, yeah. Yeah. Hello, and welcome to Matt Make Zach Watch Horror Movies. I'm Matt. And I'm Zach. Not made him watch a horror movie. What did we watch this week, Zach? We watched Scream. Yes! Ah. This is my all-time favorite horror movie. I'm so excited. Wait. <laughs> Strap in, everybody. This is your favorite? This is my favorite horror movie. I thought it was Halloween. No, I love Halloween, but horror. Halloween's like not even like my favorite Carpenter movie. That's the thing. My favorite horror movie is Scream, man. Oh. Yeah. Sorry. Wow. I said it like two episodes ago. (laughs) Maybe just because Tim was like all about hot Halloween and we were so focused on that being his favorite. (laughs) That and then it was my favorite. So everybody's favorite is just Halloween. It's true. It's a real good movie. Also I don't blame you. Also to call you out in uh, Halloween episode. Lori's my favorite final girl. Yeah. And then in But then rewatching Nightmare, I was like, ah oh, no, it's Nancy. <laughs> like But then watching this, I'm like, it's real tough. This is like all the final girls are great. Like, <laughs> it's still Nancy though. She's she's just so mm-hmm. proactive. I really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. But, well, uh, well, <laughs> but you are correct to call me out. Corrections <laughs> and omissions or whatever. I don't know. We'll, uh, <laughs> we'll see how long that's how many episodes that stands up for. There's a bunch of slashers I haven't seen. Who knows? Maybe one of them is good. Um, (laughs) This one was good. This one was great. I've seen this one. So, So, uh, Zach, what was, uh, now that we've debated Final Girls, uh, what was your familiarity with uh, Scream before we watched it? The crappy part about this movie, watching it for this podcast, I knew the twist. And that was the only thing. Did you know the full twist? I knew that Shaggy was the killer and i couldn't i didn't know jamie kennedy or the boyfriend like i didn't know their faces enough one of them yeah i knew it was one of them yeah so i knew that (laughs) and i knew the whole phone call thing of like calls coming from inside the house iconic yeah but i didn't know it was gonna happen at the beginning of the movie and I didn't to know the biggest, most famous person in the movie. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Was she famous at this point? She was like, this was probably this was probably like the peak of Drew Barrymore. This was when she'd kind of, you know, she'd been like a child actor mm. and like kind of fallen off and had had a rough time because of some things. Yeah. And this was like 96. She had like come back. She was uh. like the star. So getting her literally got the movie made ah so she was uh et was her yes that was her her big breakout et fire starter (laughs) but yeah so that's all i knew about yeah the movie which i i wish i didn't know yeah i don't i don't even know where i learned the twist from it's just one of those like it's always on the list of like best twists in movies i think it was one of those yeah even if you tried to skip ahead, you'd see something like, yeah, luckily the movie, I, 
I don't know. Did you like the movie? I oh, should yeah. say. Okay. I should say, the, I should... the one thing I will say, John Carpenter and Wes Craven are two for two in my book. Yeah. Why do you think they're my two favorites? <laughs> they're... <laughs> I know why, because they're my two favorites yeah, now, too. Yeah, Wes Craven, Wes Craven is, like, my all-time goat, but, mm-hmm. like... <laughs> well, his movies have been great, but John Carpenter's yeah. still my goat. That's fair. <laughs> I get it. He's probably, not to speak ill of the dead, he's probably got more good movies than Wes Craven does, uh, but... <laughs> yeah, because I always knew John Carpenter's name. I, I never really knew Wes Craven. John Carpenter... I think kind of got a little more mainstream. Wes Craven, much to his chagrin, uh, never could really quite break out of being Wes Craven horror director, mm. which he talked a lot about, like resenting. He made one movie that you couldn't categorize as a horror movie called Music of the Heart about Meryl Streep teaching inner city kids how to uh, be in like an orchestra. What? The guy yeah. who directed? Yeah. He directed like a heartwarming movie about a heartwarming movie about white saviorism but oh, still no. um, <laughs> he was trying it was nice <laughs> like he shot the shit out of it it looks fantastic and meryl streep got nominated for an oscar yeah wes craven man of many talents so you know yeah uh, <laughs> yeah i mean same with john carpenter yeah yeah he's got an elvis mo- they both got music movies yeah there you go <laughs> i think wes craven probably needed a kurt russell that would have broke him through i think that really would have helped I should have just made a John Saxon from Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> Imagine if he popped up in this movie. <laughs> he could have been the voice of Ghostface. Oh my god. Sydney, I'm coming for you. <laughs> I forgot about him. <laughs> I will never let you forget about John Saxon. I, I, I don't want to forget about John Saxon. Thank you for reminding me. Cop dad, John Saxon. <laughs> But what about Robert England? I mean, Robert England's great. But. He's great. <laughs> Do you like the Kurt Russell thing of like putting right. him in an action movie? Like again, I think it's this tough thing. Robert England never broke out of it either. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like it sucks, but I I I want to see like a Wes Craven, uh, Robert England like action movie. <laughs> Just him, like he had all those one lighters in uh, oh, Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, imagine that in an action movie. I'm trying to get to the chopper. <laughs> Where's the British accent? <laughs> it's Robert England, man. All right, but Scream. Scream. Uh, so, yeah, this is my all-time favorite horror movie, so I know a lot about it. Because mm-hmm. I don't know if you can tell, I obsessively research movies when I enjoy them. <laughs> I think that's the premise of this podcast. So, and it's the premise of the killer of this movie. Yeah. Well, uh, so this movie was written by Kevin Williamson. It was a spec script he wrote called "Scary Movie." Mm. <laughs> I want. I wonder. Uh, wonder what other movie has yeah, yeah. sounds familiar. Huh. Huh. <laughs> okay. Quick, quick sidebar. Did you see "Scary Movie" before this? I've never seen any of those movies, and I never will. (laughs) They are very of their time. I was like 10 when they came out, so I watched the shit out of the first scary movie. Matt. The first one's good. They were of their time during their time. Yeah. Oh, oh, no. No, no, no. They were like 
if you had to make a movie like a comedy that was like everything people think is funny in the year 2000 but will not be funny one year later it's scary movie (laughs) it's one of those things the first one because i was i was alive as well and i remember thinking at the time wow this is very 2000s while being in the 2000s yeah oh no it is but i would also argue scream is like 1996 turned into a movie (laughs) but i love that yeah i it works better because they're all more talented (laughs) i have a uh, disdain for the 2000s i think it was a very ugly decade it really was yeah but moving on from that but so i just was curious about because i actually saw a scary movie before scream and it made uh, me think like oh scream must suck if they're making fun of it god these jokes are funny (laughs) matt i know you just i was 10 you just lost so much credibility as the residential expert I guarantee there's some movie in your past you don't want people to know you liked. <laughs> Malibu's Most Wanted. <laughs> Did you really like it? Or... Oh, I watched it many times. Oh, no. I don't, that's one of like a handful of movies that I started and was like, I'm good. And just never finished. <laughs> but Matt, it just how Scream was your story, Malibu's Most Wanted was my story. I am the white boy who's into hip-hop. Oh no, we're both Jamie Kennedy. Oh no. The worst. No offense to Jamie Kennedy, but the worst thing to be. Matt, just to prove it to you, here's a bar from that movie. Please don't. Maverick, Maverick, looking for my chapstick, feeling kind of carsick. There's a Ford Maverick. Please stop. <laughs> so Kevin Williamson wrote Scream. And Jimmy Kennedy starred in it. Starred is a, a strong word. <laughs> no, he's actually like one of my two favorite characters in this movie. Mm-hmm. So take everything I'm saying with a grain of salt. I'm just kidding. I actually love Jamie Kennedy in this movie. He's fantastic. uh, It's like the Johnny Depp where we had to make a specific name for it. Let's not go nuts. He's not as bad as Johnny Depp. No, I'm saying how we had to make a specific name for Johnny Depp specifically in that movie. And we could just call him Randy. That's his character name. I'll forget that instantly. You have it on your phone. I saw you looking earlier. Oh, yeah. We, we figured it's probably a good idea to have the character oh, sorry. names I, in front I of us. Gave away how the sausage is made. <laughs> Kevin Williamson, you will know as a writer, his most popular things are Scream, the franchise. He wrote all but number three, which okay. is not great. The thing he's other also most well known for are two TV shows. That I guarantee you could not guess in a million years. Uh-huh. One came out, I think, like the year after Scream and made him the hottest, like the hottest boy in Hollywood. <laughs> he he created Dawson's Creek. You know, somehow that makes sense. We All the teen dialogue in this actually yeah. like works. So I'm like, yeah, of course he made a hit that teen show. That makes sense. And then I think more recently his other big show was, uh, I think he was one of the showrunners on uh, Vampire Diaries. Also makes sense. Which I heard was good. But yeah. if you like Kevin Williamson, like <laughs> that those make sense. Yeah. But would you have ever been like from the creator of Scream comes Dawson's Creek? <laughs> well, I mean, he was a writer. It, it, I think if Wes Craven did. Right. Well, in then... the like, Wes Craven did music of the heart. Right. <laughs> it, true. 
but Wes Craven's Dawson Creek. <laughs> From Master of Horror, Wes Craven comes <laughs> Dawson's Creek. I don't want to wait for my life to be over. <laughs> All right, so we're adding that one on the impressions list. We've got George Lucas, um, horror movie, and voice guy. trailer guy. I feel like we've done another one. Freddy Krueger. Freddy, Freddy. Krueger. Uh, oh, we did a Snape in one episode. There you go, yeah. Um kevin williamson but yeah so he writes this movie and he starts shopping it around it gets picked up and i guess we should just get into the movie because he's a horror movie obsessive huge horror buff and he just puts it all on the line in this movie and i think it really shows absolutely and yeah. i'm so glad we've watched a couple other horror movies before yeah, watching. there was a reason i like you were like oh slashers we could throw a scream in there somewhere i was like it has to be at the end mm-hmm. and we have to watch halloween first yes <laughs> And it paid off. Yes. Because I would argue this movie is structured almost identically from Halloween. <laughs> I mean, they literally played it side by side. Yeah. I love it. End. I love it. When the music from the movie Scream starts blending into the music from Halloween is amazing. Oh, oh my God. Oh, I love this movie. I'm sorry. So the opening scene, maybe the most iconic opening like scene of the 90s like at least in horror Mm -hmm. i I love everything about it i mean i i haven't been into horror and i know about it just because it's like pierced pop culture that much it's just good and it's a reference to two movies throughout this i'll be bringing up what it's like oh this is just from that (laughs) (laughs) it's from uh black christmas where the killer makes creepy phone calls to all of his victims before he kills them Mm. and it's from a movie called uh when a stranger calls which is actually where the the phone call it's coming from inside the house comes from. Mm. So this is like a direct like reference to those two things, which okay. is really fun. Well, uh, I forget what episode it was. I think it was the thing how we talked about uh, like being artists and nothing's yeah. really original. You like kind of yeah. like take from everything bad, that inspires bad artists you. Copy good artists steal. Yeah, he just stole it. Yeah, like he was like, oh, getting scared by the uh, killer on the phone. That's great. Let's take it one step farther and make yeah. that the character's whole M.O. Yeah. Roger L. Jackson, the voice actor playing Ghostface, only on the phone, uh, absolutely kills it. We were talking about this before. He is also Mojo Jojo, of course. <laughs> Which I'm so sad I accidentally found I out. I know. I was saving that for right now. I know. But yeah. Ghostface is Mojo Jojo. <laughs> That's amazing. Now, somebody on YouTube has got to take clips from this and put mojo jojo's voice have you ever watched cinema since yeah i think they did that for their scream episode yes (laughs) thank you cinema yes yeah Yeah. (laughs) i enjoy them they're great (laughs) but yeah everything about the scene is just so well structured and well paced like it that's what takes it from that's what takes it from being just an homage to being its own thing i think yeah yeah because it's also the intent behind it because you can tell when someone's just ripping something off and when someone's like showing love for something yeah i'm surprised it's taken me eight episodes to bring it up but logic favorite rapper ever favorite person ever he takes a lot of stuff from hip-hop that's inspired him yeah that came before him but he wears his influences on his sleeve. He's not trying to hide it. 
it, it he's doesn't showing feel love. like a bad ripoff. Yeah, it's if just you, showing he, love. He's using it to take it a step further and make it its own thing. Yeah. I think this movie does that, and I think it does it brilliantly. Yeah, absolutely. This scene also is so good because if they didn't get it right, they weren't going to get to make the movie. Mm. Some of famously, they had a really hard time finding a ghost face mask because all it said in the script was, um, the killer is white like a ghost. Obviously, kind of a reference to to Michael Myers, like describing it as a big white shape, mm-hmm. the shape, you know. Again, this movie is just ha- Halloween in the 90s. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, also, something that I wanted to ask uh, on the topic of hip hop, is Ghostface Killer any reference to Ghostface Killer? I like to think that they they must be linked somehow. I mean, it's the 90s, like Wu-Tang. Yeah. Like, right? I mean... I'm trying to think of who came first. I guess Ghostface Killer, right? Yeah, I think Wu Tang. Yeah, was I'm sure they're first. pretty early in the nineties. Yeah. They come out with their first one. I, at least I just hope it is. Yeah, that'd be great. I know that his other nickname of Iron Man is a reference to Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. The two hip hop facts I know. <laughs> <laughs> now, now you can start spitting bars. I'd rather not. Like Malibu's <laughs> Most Wanted. Again, I'd rather not. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they had a lot of trouble finding this mask and they were trying to uh, essentially make their own version of it because they found this mask, but then they couldn't get the copyright to it. So then they were just trying to make their own rip off of it. But it looked, um, this doesn't sound bad, it looked too good. It, it looked like a mask designed by special effects artists. Oh, okay. Like you could tell like, oh, it's a little too like molded. It's a little too detailed in places. It doesn't look like something, spoilers, two teenagers could just buy from a Halloween store. Yeah. So finally, though, they got clearance and they, they got to use the actual costume. And then immediately uh, the producer, um, one of two producers, uh, one of... The, the two heads of the studio that this was produced for um, who shall remain nameless because they're monsters. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you told me. Uh, well, uh, one of them is confirmed monster. One of them is seems just like he might be a dick. Mm. Um, he said it doesn't like look scary. Like in all the, the test photos you're showing me, this costume sucks. It's not scary. Mm-hmm. And the That's woman very... who was working that's a very producer thing to say. Yeah, but I also kind of get it because you get photos back. Like, here's the costume we decided to go with. And it's like, that is literally a $10 suit from the Halloween store. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, he wasn't wrong, but also, like, maybe trust some artists sometimes. Yeah. There's a reason you suck. So Wes Craven and uh, Kathy Conrad and Carrie Woods basically say to he who shall not be named, let Wes film it's only going to take a week. Let him film the opening scene. We really believe in him. Let him do it and then decide if we should have to change the mask. You can fire him. You can fire us. You own the script. Yeah. So they take the week, film it all. The scene is so amazing that apparently he called Wes Craven and was like, what the fuck do I know? You've made horror movies longer than I have. Good job, dude. Keep making your movie. <laughs> when you can like shut up a monster like that. Right, like, right. That's amazing. Shout out Wes Craven. Hell man. yeah. Wes Craven's the best, man. Yeah. So, but also everything about this movie was like an accident. Mm. So you've got Kevin Williamson's script and it's absolutely amazing. And they offer it to three different directors. They offer it to, I believe, Sam Raimi, mm. who turns it down because he's like, I have no interest in a slasher movie. I'm going to make Spider-Man in a few years. (laughs) (laughs) 
had he done Evil Dead yet? He had probably just come off of like Army of Darkness oh, okay. and into um the Oscar nominated Sling Blade. But like I I would really like to see a Sam Raimi scream because it's probably way funnier. <laughs> oh yeah, it would be over the top for sure. Yeah, I I'm just kind of curious. I forget who the other director they offered it to was because I just desperately want to see Sam Raimi's. <laughs> but then they also go to their first choice, who is Wes Craven, who promptly turns it down. Mm. The second they're like, so we have this slasher movie script. He goes, no, mm. I spent most of my careers making, as he phrased it in, uh, I believe, the documentary Still Screaming, which is a major source. If you want some cool knowledge about this movie, go look it up. Um, he says... I've been making movies my whole career about women getting cut up and I'm just tired of it. So no, I'm not going to do a slasher movie without even reading the script. And then they call him back two weeks later and say, Drew Barrymore has signed on to play the lead Sidney Prescott. And he says, great, send me the script. (laughs) Cause he knows like, Oh, well she's super famous. I'll get all the money I want. I can do whatever I want with this movie. He reads the script. He absolutely loves it. He officially signs on. And then Drew Barrymore calls him and says, oh, by the way, I don't want to play the lead anymore. I want to play the girl that gets killed in the first scene. Oh, no. And he goes, oh, fantastic. That's the ultimate twist. And we'll still get all the money for being able to say this is a Drew Barrymore movie. That's pretty good. That's good. (laughs) But we won't have to pay you as much because you're only in one scene. That's amazing. Yeah. So it works out for everybody. Yeah. And she was like stoked because she was like, awesome. I've always wanted to get killed in a horror movie. That's awesome. Yeah. And now she's one of the most iconic. Yeah. And if anything, if anything had gone right, this movie wouldn't have been as good. Yeah. Because then the opening scene would be just some Some, person. And I'm sure Drew Barrymore would have been great as Sydney, but that scene only has so much power because you're like, oh, it's Drew Barrymore. Cool. What? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that was literally my reaction because I... I knew she was in it and I knew she's in that scene. So I was like expecting it to come yeah. later, not right away. One of the most iconic movie opening lines of all time. You know, what's your favorite scary movie? Yeah. And I, it's so good. Right away. I was, I was just thinking, man, I'm so glad I've seen these movies right. now because this is great. Cause they just start running through horror movie trivia. Yeah. This is if if everybody in Tarantino movies is obsessed with like 70s like noir films, this movie is like, oh, no, everyone, including the cool kids, is way too into slasher movies. Yeah, because when she's like, yeah, I'm 16 and I've seen all of these. I'm like, (laughs) you guys didn't even have streaming. Like, how did you? Randy has curated a fantastic video store collection for you guys. (laughs) Oh, that video store was popping. Hell yeah, man. Well, that's because of the curfew, though. Well, <laughs> Randy was also like their residential Tarantino. Yeah. I mean, that's the bit. Yeah. He, he's Kevin Williamson. Yeah. Kevin Williamson sucked. Um, <laughs> back to the main movie. We'll get to Randy later. Yeah. <laughs> I have a lot to say about Randy. <laughs> Everyone's a suspect. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he... Roger Jackson just kills that voice performance, though, because at first you are you understand why she would kind of stay on the phone with this dude. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like, man, this guy's pretty smooth. Uh, Clearly, it's it's Billy, right? Clearly, 
He's got the mojo. <laughs> and maybe Jojo. his name's Jojo. <laughs> <laughs> Never should have let you find this out. No, you should Because it's my favorite thing about this movie now. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> um, even if I didn't know the twist, this movie is clearly like not doing the stereotypical horror movie things. So I figured they were like making him the red herring. Oh, well, it's it's a weird thing of ah, this movie is too clever to make it be the boyfriend. Or does the mo- movie know that I think it's too clever to make it be, be the boyfriend? Or does the movie know that I know that I that it thinks that it's too clever? <laughs> so then when they actually do reveal it, you're like, oh shit! Like you forgot. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's sitting there bleeding. Yeah. But that's at the end of the movie. Yeah. Yes. Um. So, Ghostface kills her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Now, what? Okay, I have interesting an interesting question for each of these kills. Who do you think did it? I think it's Billy on the phone. Stu is the one killing them. But I think they're both there in Ghostface costumes. The joke is, yeah, you know, when they say like, "Guess which door I'm behind?" They're behind both doors. Yeah, you know, but only one of them could be on the phone because they still sit someone's cell phone. Yeah, but I think <laughs> Billy. Was Ghostface whenever he was going after um, uh, Sydney? I can see that. Yeah, because he's at the house. Yeah, and then Stu would be on the phone. Yeah, and he's he has more motivation to go after yes. her. We're getting ahead of ourselves. <laughs> I have so many more questions about that scene. Uh-huh. You know what? Screw it. So Ghostface kills the boyfriend of Drew Barrymore, and then kills Drew Barrymore, and it's really upsetting because yeah. her parents listen to her die on the phone. And that scarred me for life. <laughs> That's right. It was so sad. Yes. It was, and, it was like on par with the uh, 28 days later. Yeah. Parents note yeah. thing. Uh, 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 why? Why'd you bring it back up? Because <laughs> we got to log these sad memories. I know. I know. Good horror movies have two things. Humor and sadness. Not just kills. Just like our podcast. We're putting that up on the list right next to George Lucas impressions. Horror and sadness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. And then we like smash cut after the the sped up bit, the weird 90s editing, which was not intentional. The MPAA said they were going to give it an NC-17 if they didn't cut out like 10 seconds from that scene. So they just cut out every other frame of the camera pushing it on her body. <laughs> Because Wes Craven was has been dealing with them since the 80s. And he was yeah. just like, I'm so sick of you guys. <laughs> Fuck it. Just cut out every other frame. They said 10 seconds. Screw them. Like, <laughs> Wes Craven, yeah. man. Shout out. Yeah. That's pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> Love that guy. <laughs> and then we jump cut to Sydney in a room and Billy climbs up the window. <laughs> Wait, were you asking who kill, who was killing them in the beginning scene? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking about at the end. Oh, no. I think in the beginning scene, I think Billy's on the phone and Stu is the one that kills them. Because later on, Stu says, oh, yeah, I go hunting. I know how to cut cut open an animal. Because I also did notice a height difference sometimes. Which you shouldn't have because it's only one dude playing Ghostface. Yeah, it's a stunt Maybe double. I'm just imagining it. And then. then they had them like dub in the grunts and stuff. Okay. Then I'm just imagining it. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I think just because I already knew the twist, I was yeah, imagining Yeah, it. you insert this stuff into it because it's a good move. Because Ghostface is kind of formless, so you can yeah. do whatever you want with him. Which, who's doing the acting in Ghostface? 
Brian Avery was the was the stuntman for Ghostface. Brian Avery. He brings like some really cool physicality to it, like I, wiping the knife. Mm-hmm. And like whenever he would run or kind of like throw his hands and all the stringy yeah. bits on his arm would kind of like have a floaty yeah. effect because in he uh, looks like a ghost. Yeah. <laughs> in uh, Dead by Daylight, they added Ghostface. And whenever he walks around, he kind of like floats and like has yeah. this physicality to him. So I was excited to see the movie. And he actually has it. Yeah. He and actually it's just has a it. dude, though, like, which makes it even cooler. Yeah. Um, so what was his name again? Uh, Brian Avery. Brian Avery and Roger Jackson bringing Ghostface to life. Unsung yeah. heroes, for sure. Yeah. Like uh, Gunnar Hansen? Yes. Leatherface? It was Leatherface in the first Texas yeah. Chainsaw. Yeah. The real heroes. Yes. And apparently wiping the knife only happened because um, they were getting ready for like to like keep going with the opening scene. And Wes Craven said, oh, shit. What? Uh, your knife is clean now. And it wasn't clean in the last shot. <laughs> so how are we going to explain it? Like, and he just goes, "Ooh, what? A, like, I, I guess we'll just get somebody over here to like, like put more on it. He goes, no, 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 no. Put it on it and then I'll wipe it off and we'll just shoot that real quick. And just insert it. Yeah. So that was Brian Avery's idea. Brian Avery. Yeah. Man. Killing it. Literally. Yeah. <laughs> literally. Always killing it. Yeah. Good movie. <laughs> Very good movie. So on with the rest of the movie. Yes. So <laughs> Billy jump goes into her room, which I love because when you're watching it the first time, you're just like, oh, he's her boyfriend. He's like paying her a visit because he wants to get laid. Mm-hmm. And even like the first time you like rewatch it, it'll be like, oh, because that's right. Because. They are trying to play by slasher movie rules, but it's not either of those. He just needs an alibi. She will say, oh, he was at my house. He broke into my room. Mm-hmm. He can't be the killer. It's one of those like little things that like you catch something new every time you go back to it because this movie's really well made. Yeah. And uh, I got total Nightmare on Elm Street vibes, yeah. how he was yeah. like wrong, wrongly, quote, air quotes, sent to prison like... Right. Um, the character in Nightmare. Yeah, like the, the boyfriend of the uh, yeah. first girl. All the names are just gone, guys. I'm sorry. If you're listening to this, like, who? <laughs> so are we. Uh, uh, <laughs> leather Jacket Man. Not yes. to be confused with Leatherface Man. Yes, and not to be confused with Crappy Toppy Johnny. Mm, definitely not. <laughs> Crappy, how could you confuse Crappy Toppy Johnny? Actually, apparently, that was a big part of why they cast uh, Skeet Ulrich. Yes, his character in this movie. Uh, his name Billy is Loomis. Skeet his Ulrich? name is Skeet Ulrich. That's amazing. Skeet, 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 Skeet Ulrich. Um. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Also, his name's Billy Loomis. Yes. See, another Halloween nod. Very yeah. fun. Very fun. I think that's literally what I said. <laughs> well, another way you know that he's the killer stalking his victim in the scene where they like where he goes into her bedroom. The song that underscores the whole scene is an acoustic cover of Don't Fear the Reaper, which is what plays the first time Laurie Strode sees Michael Myers. Wow. Yeah. Like the the deep cuts go deep in this movie. Because when I was playing, I was thinking, why does this sound so familiar? But I couldn't really. Because Wes Craven and Kevin Williamson are playing like five dimensional chess with this movie. It's fantastic. Oh my god. Yeah. That is the best way to describe yeah. this movie. They they are playing on like whole other levels that you don't even realize. That's amazing. Scream five dimensional yeah. chess. Yeah. 
That's why it's good. That's why even though it is a movie that like so many of these movies that we've watched can only exist in the year it came out. Yeah. It holds up. Yeah, definitely. Like, it's just so good. So Skeet, what were you saying about Skeet all originally? Oh, he crappy was cast Johnny. because supposedly he kind of like gave off a, a crappy Toppy Johnny vibe. He did with the hair. Yeah. 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 Got a little in the face, you know, yeah. pointy faced white guy. <laughs> <laughs> given the, uh, given the smolder. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a nice smolder. I'll give him that. So crappy Toppy Johnny yeah, and, so uh, not crappy Toppy Loomis. Yeah. But, crappy toppy loomis so like he, halloween loomis yes in a crop top <laughs> he's in the same outfit no nancy i can't come save you i'm, I'm too, watching my television i'm too beautiful <laughs> <laughs> to be bothered still just 50 year old donald pleasance <laughs> i have to shoot him six times <laughs> i've got my own killer <laughs> What if there's just a time trap? Like Loomis is like Doctor Who in all these <laughs> horror movies. Each person named Loomis is just Doctor Hugh, Doctor Hugh, Doctor Who, Doctor Who Loomis. Yeah, confirmed. I believe it. Yeah. Believe in the Loomis. He's secretly Dewey the whole time. <laughs> dun, dun. <laughs> but so from there we get this nice. Well, not nice because like immediately Billy Loomis is a creep who's like come on just do it don't you know what you do to me <laughs> and he did that weird analogy with like movie ratings yeah well <laughs> I love because at the end they talk about like watch a few horror movies have a good time his introduction is him going oh I was at home watching The Exorcist uh, five dimensional <laughs> chess <laughs> I started to get that at the end but before I knew all that, uh, when he was like, when we first started our relationship, we were rated R, headed yeah. to NC-17. I was like, oh my God, this is some teenage boy shit right yeah. here. Like, <laughs> oh my God. He's killing me. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, accurate, but yeah. <laughs> but then, then he's like delivering it with that like movie star smolder. I'm right. like. I want to be mad at it, but but look you, at that hair. You, you understand why she's like, oh, Billy. Yeah. Instead of like, what the fuck, man? Gee, my mom got murdered. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, which just makes him even more, well, for so many reasons, makes him even more of a creep. But even if he hadn't been the killer, that would almost make it worse. That it's like, oh, he's just a piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> like, Yeah, pretty much. But yeah. her dad almost comes in and... This movie is also like a masterclass in how to do exposition without it feeling forced. Says like, oh, don't forget I'm leaving tomorrow. Yeah. Like just like casually throws it off so that we all know, oh, he's going to be out of town. And then doing the dad thing of like running through the checklist of like, where am yeah. I staying at? Yeah. Where can you reach me? So then later when they're like, we can't reach him at the hotel. He never got to the city. Yeah. They say he never boarded his flight. You know that checklist. Yeah, it's already in your head. Kevin Williamson's so good. Yeah. Five dimensional. <laughs> yeah. And then from there, we now cut to the high school, which is a fantastic setting that comes with mm -hmm. a lot of baggage behind the scenes. <laughs> well, it wound up being shot at like three different places. The exterior is one high school. The interior is another high school. And neither of them were the high school they wanted to shoot at. Uh, they wanted to shoot at a specific high school that they found location scouting that looked amazing. And then the school found out they were doing a horror movie and they said no. 
And in the credits, if you watch during and when it comes up for special thanks and it says, you know, like so-and-so, so-and-so, it says, and no thanks to this school. Because they had approved it, they started getting ready. They started, like, booking flights to fly people to the school. And then the school board was like, oh, we didn't know you were shooting a horror movie. That's inappropriate. So Wes Craven is like st- was like still mad. <laughs> That's amazing. Shout out Wes Craven yeah. for a million times. But just turned it into a fun joke. Yeah. <laughs> but we get there and we meet their principal, the Fonz. Amazing. Henry Winkler, who I love. He's so good. He's very good, you know. <laughs> <laughs> this movie like reinvented his career, apparently. Yeah, you said that in a different episode. I forget um, what it was. Or I don't know if it was. I think we might have just been talking. Yeah. But uh, one of one of my friends has a, has a SAG card, so he got to go to uh, like a like a uh, an evening with Henry Winkler. Yeah. For SAG, and he was like, "Oh, I get to bring one person. I know you love Arrested Development. You should come." Yeah. And somebody asked him about Scream, which for me was like. <gasps> yay (laughs) i didn't think this would happen yeah and he was like oh yeah i was friends with wes craven we used to get lunch like every tuesday really sweet because he's like i just miss him so much and i'm so glad i got to be in one of his movies which is really sweet and then he was like and he gave me my career back because i started becoming more of like a tv producer because no one would cast me because everyone just said oh it's fonzie and Wes said, "Like, oh, I'm sick of them wasting you, man. Come to my, come to my set. I got a role for you. You're gonna be the least cool, biggest asshole of all time." <laughs> and he did, and he kills it. And then, like, immediately, he starts getting asked to do comedies, yeah, and not be the Fonz because yeah. they're like, "Oh, you're the fun guy from Scream." Yeah, and that's like he said, like you can draw like a straight through line between uh, Scream and me getting the role in Arrest Development because he's basically playing the same character. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It was just so good. He's the best. It's so good. <laughs> yeah, because I never knew him as uh, the Fonz. Oh, you didn't grow up on Happy Days reruns? No, no not at all. <laughs> I, I only knew him from comedies. Yeah. So that that was always my impression of him. Yeah. But uh, Literally, apparently Adam Sandler, big Scream fan, because that's uh, why he called him to be in like, The Water Boy. He was like, oh, I loved you in Scream. Do you want to be in my new movie? Oh, wow. That's awesome. <laughs> But yeah, everyone at the school is uh, now being interviewed by the police because everyone is a suspect. As I said before, we get to meet kind of like the whole cast, but we meet my two favorite characters. Also, we meet um, Randy, played by your boy, the Malibu's most wanted, Jamie Kennedy. And we meet MVP of the whole fucking movie, (laughs) Matthew Lillard as as Stu Mocker. Stu Mocker. He looks like a stew. Yeah. He really does. He is doing something in this movie. Even he has said, I have no idea why Wes Craven let me do that. <laughs> but it works so well. So good. Every line is delivered at a 10 and I love everything about it. He, It's one of those things that could have gone so yeah. bad and been the worst okay. thing about the movie, but e- he did it so good. Everything about this movie is a beautiful accident. Yeah. Or as uh, Movies with Mikey on Filmjoy just did an episode on Scream, Mm -hmm. and he describes it as movies are a miracle because they are a dart dropped from the sky (laughs) and an airplane as high as you can go and it hits a bullseye. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. And and then we meet Randy, who, Jamie Kennedy, 
not everybody loves him, but if nothing else, I love him in this movie. I think he is so perfectly cast. I mean, he just knocks it out of the park as lonely nerd. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but also, like, he, he is also at a 10 the whole movie. Yeah. He enters doing a Jerry Lewis impression. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Also, I just realized Mojo Jojo and Shaggy are in the same movie. I guarantee he's done his voice on a scooby-doo cartoon at some point <laughs> roger yeah Jackson. i'm sure i'm sure he's been a bad guy or something I, i'm sure he must <laughs> and then besides my two favorite characters in the movie we meet uh tatum played by rose mcgowan who is kind of awesome in this movie also like every i like all of the characters in this movie yeah and i like that she's like just like no don't fuck with my friend like the whole movie she's like on it that that's that's one thing that i was gonna say that I really took away from this movie. I don't know if it's because this movie's so amazing or just the passage of time. But in the other movies, all the teenagers were just kind of like dicks and like you could tell it was like acting. In this right. movie, it was very real. Well, apparently like the, the, the cast of this movie roundup really like tightened it. Like yeah. to the point where a bunch of them started dating and two of them got married. Oh, uh, Courtney Cox and David Arquette were married for 15 years. What? <laughs> they only got divorced after Scream 4. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. That's amazing. And they also get introduced right around here, so let's jump into them, Dewey, played by David Arquette, uh -huh. who is excellent at being, like, inept but charming. <laughs> yeah. He was very charming throughout the whole thing. Yeah. I was like, oh, You just Dewey. like him. Like, yeah. you're like, he's he's not an idiot, but, like, you get the feeling like he's trying he, his best. Yeah. He's inexplicably the deputy. He is the second in command of yeah. the police force in this town. <laughs> <laughs> and Courtney Cox as Which, Gail Weathers. I didn't know it was in this movie. Yeah. And she was a brunette in the movie. So I didn't recognize her for the first couple yeah, of scenes. She has lighter hair. Yeah. yeah. And then when I realized, oh my God, it's Monica. Right. What? <laughs> So the two of them actually really had to fight for their parts. Mm. Uh, David Arquette was approached to play one of the teenagers. All I can think is he must have been asked to play Randy. Yeah. Because he, he would probably kill that. Like, yeah. I could see those two swapping parts. And Courtney Cox was like, cast me. And they're like, no, you're Monica. She's like, yeah, that's what's going to make it work. <laughs> <laughs> and like it took her like convinced, like fighting Wes Craven to get him to go like fight the studio and be like, no, she should be in this movie. Mm. Like, she came in and apparently just floored him with her audition. And he was like, no, I'm going to fight for you now. You're going to be in my movie. Because Wes Craven is awesome. Wes Craven, champion yeah. of the people. Yeah. <laughs> what feels like a random scene with the principal after we see two douchebags running through the halls dressed as Ghostface. Well, first, uh, Sydney gets attacked by Ghostface. Oh, she got attacked at home. That's yeah. right. We yeah, heard, yeah. I forgot that. Yeah. They go to school and everything and get interviewed and then they get attacked. She gets attacked at home. Yeah. And then that's which, when Billy shows up yes. and gets framed for Another five-dimensional chess thing. When she's on the phone with Ghostface, she says, I don't know. It's all just about a bunch of like dumb bimbos who run upstairs when they should run out the front door. He gets her cornered and she has to run upstairs yeah. to get away. Five-dimensional chess. Five-dimensional <laughs> But she's a really, and I think this is the Craven touch, because clearly he's, like, sick of, like, not proactive final girls. She, like, is, like, dialing 911 on a computer. She's throwing bikes yeah. downstairs, which, who keeps bikes at the top of the stairs? <laughs> she is jumping out windows yeah. in clear Texas chainsaw homages. Yeah. <laughs> 
She's great. Yeah. I love Sydney. Yeah. She she's one Which of the best. We have failed to mention, of course, played by Nev Campbell. Uh, she's excellent in this movie. Yeah. She was just uh she was on Party of Five at the time. Mm-hmm. She had to put in the most hours because that show was filming at the same time that Scream was. Ooh. So she would literally like go shoot Scream. Like unless it was an exterior shot, they would just shoot at night. So she would shoot Scream all night, and then she would like sleep in the car. And they would drive or on the plane and she would go to wherever they were filming Party of Five and then like wake up and start shooting. Man. And she still kills it. Yeah. So (laughs) it would have worked out if she was a Nancy. What? (laughs) That's the character. Um, From Nightmare on Elm Street? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, because she was sleeping? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Because she was, she must have been tired. Yeah. can't look method acting bigger. if yeah. she was a nightmare <laughs> for a second you scared me because i thought i had the wrong name i just didn't know why you went, she's a nancy what <laughs> your favorite final girl matt or have you forgotten hey hey she is <laughs> but yeah i think she's great in this movie i think she kind of goes underrated i think a lot of people overlook her performance yeah because i mean i only knew Drew Barrymore, who's in the right. new movie, and uh, Shaggy. Well, yeah, when it's the most famous woman in the world at the time, and Matthew Lillard at a twelve instead of a ten, <laughs> like yeah, it, it's I think it's easy to get overlooked. Yeah, but I think her her part is really like subdued and nuanced in a lot of ways. Maybe the most in tune with the like five dimensional chess game that's oh, going on. Absolutely, like I was saying, how this one felt the most real. I really felt it when she was in the bathroom and those girls were talking shit on her oh, mom. Breaks my heart. I was, and then the next scene, Billy started like being like, "Well, like get over Just your mom died." Like I felt that. Yeah, if he wasn't the killer, he would suck more. Yeah, somehow, like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, her acting. Yeah, was really really good. Right, and and she she like what I was trying to get at, she is the most in tune with like. I almost like she knows she's in a horror movie. Yeah. And she's, but she chooses where most people would choose to make that like more over the top. Mm-hmm. She chooses to play it almost exhausted by being in a horror movie. Yeah. Like, like she's like, this. yeah, I already did one horror movie. Now I'm in another one. She, she has the trademark. I'm too high for this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> As seen in our Halloween episode. Yes, go listen to it. Featuring Tim. <laughs> Featuring the elusive exclusive Tim. Yes. <laughs> but from there, now we go to the school where the two guys are running through the hall dressed as ghost face. Yeah, because they're being they're douchebags. Yeah. Like who does that? Like <laughs> like literally two people were murdered. Maybe if her house got broken into, it would be like, ah, those douchebags. But that's yeah. like you two are monsters. Yeah. When uh really Henry Winkler was like throwing the scissors at him yeah. and like yelling at him. I was like, Yeah, tell yeah. him. Nailed it, dude. Yeah. All right. One of my favorite bits in this movie. When he is doing the scissors at them, mm. What sound did it make? Like the sh- no, it goes shing shing like a knife. Uh-huh. Later, when Ghostface kills him, spoilers. Uh, when he is stabbing him, it does not make the shing shing sound. It goes sh- sh- like scissors. <laughs> this movie's five-dimensional chess. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god. Yeah. What? I love this movie. <laughs> there's so many deep cuts. Yeah, including 
wonderful cameo by Wes Craven in the oh least God. subtle scene in this movie. I died. Not you, Fred. <laughs> He's there dressed as Freddy Krueger. <laughs> as a janitor, just like the yeah. scene yeah. from Nightmare. Yeah. Uh, and five dimensional chest, but also like, geez, a little on the nose, Wes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't know it was directed by, well, I knew, but I forgot it was directed by Wes Craven. So when he showed up, I was like, wow, how did they get Wes Craven in this? <laughs> As Freddy Krueger. Oh, good kid, guys. Good kid. <laughs> Those are my literal thoughts. <laughs> but now that uh, she's been attacked and the principal, well, they don't know the principal has been killed yet. But now that she's been attacked in her own home and she got a call, I believe, at school from Ghostface. Ghostface showed up. Yeah. In the song. Everything. Like, yeah. it all goes down. Somewhere. So, finally, we get to the biggest set piece of the whole movie that they called, like, the most grueling two weeks of anyone's lives in film. The party. Stu throws a party because there is a curfew so everyone can sneak out. Because <laughs> teenagers. Yeah. And we get some of, like, the other most iconic bits in this movie. You get Randy explaining the rules of a horror movie, which I love. Yeah. That's amazing. Uh, you get Stu being nuts again five-dimensional chess who's the only person in the whole movie who says i'll be right back stay who dies stay boom <laughs> five-dimensional chess that's one of the rules the rules of course being you can't have sex you can't drink or do drugs and you can't say i'll be right back hmm. Stu says i'll be right back billy has sex they both drink and do drugs but <laughs> so does everyone else but <laughs> That was one of my favorite lines when Jamie Kennedy springs back up and she was like, I thought you were dead. I've never been I, so glad to be a virgin. I mean, should be. I'm glad. I'm glad I'm a virgin. That's so good. He just gets right in the face. But yeah, so the party happens. Yeah, people Gail start shows dying. up with a cop. Yeah, um, you know, Dewey. Just I love, though, Dewey. that Dewey's like, it's a small town. We know what you guys do. It's fine. Just don't drive. Yeah. <laughs> Which they all do. Oh yeah. Um, but then we get to a creepy scene, Rose McGowan's death with the uh, garage door. Yeah, which I think is a really well executed scene of tension that has a payoff that should be good, but that dummy head sucks. Oh yeah, and finally got what I wanted: somebody throwing beer at somebody. Which, um, real beer bottles. Oh no. He was supposed to try to, it was like, they're real beer bottles, but they'll shatter on the ground pretty easy. So just chuck them at him. The stoner guy was like, yeah, for sure. And then she immediately hit him directly in the chest. Brian Avery, out there killing it. Brian Avery. I'm so sorry. <laughs> real hero of this movie. I'm so sorry, Brian. Yeah. But then Ghostface gets her, smushes yeah. her head in the door, which conceptually I really love. Yeah. Um, there is an homage to it in Scream 4 that I think maybe pulls it off a little better effects wise. Mm. But like... I mean, it's fine. Like, I'm I not mean, here to... Like, most of the effects in this movie are pretty good. At least but. it wasn't, you know, the final shot of the movie, like another Wes Craven movie <laughs> right. with a bad manicure. <laughs> <laughs> I also think we're, like, getting into the horror movie territory of, man, you can't just, like, stab anybody anymore. We got to think of creative ways to right. do this sort of thing. Yeah. This movie, this franchise really kind of suffers from that mm. in that, it's got to be just someone with a knife mm -hmm. every time. Yeah. 
like the, the movie is explicitly the real world quote unquote yeah so you can't be like oh no now one of them's a zombie and he's super strong <laughs> yeah but they find ways around it you know i mean the, her death conceptually her death is pretty cool then uh everybody leaves the party to go try to see the principal's body because teenagers are the worst uh billy shows up at that yeah billy shows up and has sex with sydney meaning she can be a target now mm-hmm and then all hell breaks loose. And that scene was mirrored with Halloween and yes. Jamie Kennedy describing the rules. Yes. Amazing. It, Five dimensional. It's, it's so good. And one of my favorite cross cut moments of all time. Ah, come on. Where are the tits? Oh, here they are. And then it cuts to her taking her top off upstairs. <laughs> and the exact same scene in Halloween. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> Amazing. Five dimensional. But now all hell is breaking loose. They kill Kenny. Oh my God! They killed Kenny, uh, the cameraman. You bastard! Of course, <laughs> not them. You, yeah, for making that. <laughs> Gail and Dewey, Gooey is their couple name, of course. Um, discover that Sydney's father's car is at the house. They've been looking for him all this time. Could he be the killer? Probably no. not. No, yeah, yeah, fine. Uh, and then we do get our killer reveal after some like awesome moments like when randy and Stu are both outside the house and they're like let me in no let me in yeah. and something i caught this time only time i've ever noticed it and i'm like oh this is how she should have known and just shot Stu when they're yelling like why they why she should let them in like when randy's like he's crazy i don't know what's happening i think there's a dead body over there Stu starts like naming victims Oh. He's yelling like he did it. He killed her. He killed uh, Rose McGowan's character. He killed the cameraman. He killed Billy. No one should know that Billy is dead except for Sydney. Wow. She should have been right then, like, oh, it's you, Randy. Get in the house. <laughs> <laughs> and then Billy comes stumbling down the stairs, shoots Randy, quotes Psycho, and now we have our greatest, one of the best twists, like. It's him, and you're like, oh, it was Billy. And then Stu comes in, and she's like, Stu, help me. And he looks terrified. Yeah. And then he goes, favorite line in the whole movie. It's the only ghost face impression I can do. Surprise, Sydney. <laughs> I love it. Two killers. Yeah. Why? This was never in a slasher movie before. It was never two yeah. killers. It's so obvious. It makes me so sad it was spoiled for me. I know. I'm sorry. It makes me so sad. But it explains all of... All of the tropes that are in horror movies, like the teleporting killers, yeah, now make sense. Yeah. Because it's just the two of them. Yeah. Like clearly they watched all the Billy watched all these horror movies and said, Well, I need an accomplice. Do do this. Yeah. <laughs> and then they reveal they were actually the ones that killed Sydney's mother. Bum, bum, bum. Because Sydney's mother slept yeah. with Billy's dad. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't Sabretooth, Leave Schreiber. <laughs> it was in it for two seconds. He's in the sequels, though. Ah. Yeah. Fuck. I love Lee Schreiber. Yeah. So apparently he had just been in a Dimension movie. Uh, he'd been in Phantoms. And then they start messing with Sydney yeah. and stab each other to make oh, it look like it. it. Seems so good. And then they start fighting a little bit, which I was expecting, like, Sydney to, like, poke the fire and make them go against each other. No, man. She just gets out of there. Yeah. She just gets out of there. <laughs> nope. <laughs> but then my favorite, like entire quote was when she called billy and then billy hands the phone to Stu, and Stu's like 
Did you really call the police? My parents <laughs> dad be so mad at me. <laughs> Every single line during yeah. that scene was apparently so good. they just because another master stroke of this movie is they just got a closed circuit phone and would have them talk to each other on the phone instead of talking from off camera. Mm. So like anytime someone is talking to Roger Roger Jackson in this movie, yeah, they're actually talking to him on the phone live. Wow. And they're just riffing. So like in this, they did that and just said Nev Campbell riff, Matthew Lillard riff. They let Matthew Lillard just go nuts. You hit me with the phone, you dick. <laughs> All right, we did miss one thing though when they're explaining their motives. Uh-huh. It's I think the best line in the whole movie, and it is the thesis statement of the movie, which is movies don't make psychos. Movies make psychos more creative. Uh, movies aren't dangerous. Bad people are. Yeah. Which is is amazing because, you know, obviously people immediately blame this movie for any murders that happened right after. Oh, it. Of course. People tried to blame Columbine on this movie. Wow. It, it's terrible and gross. Yeah. So the the fact that this movie had the prescience to to say that and like even now it's still a relevant line oh, yeah. and I love it. So Sydney finally gets the upper hand, uh, saves Randy, who gets punched in the face. Also, they brought her dad. Yeah, they saved her dad, who they were gonna frame for everything, mm. which is bad plan. Um, yeah. Also, don't stab each other before everyone's dead. Yeah, that's the one part. Go outside, where... double tap, kill her, then stab each other. Yeah. You're setting yourself up for disaster, man. <laughs> then uh, Monica jumps through the door. Yes. Well, that's how Sydney gets away. She yeah. comes in and tries to use Dewey's gun, who everyone thinks Dewey's dead. Doesn't turn the safety off. <laughs> Rookie mistake. <laughs> Action movie Freddy Krueger would be so disappointed in you. <laughs> I want it so bad now. <laughs> They finally get the upper hand. Sydney kills Stu with a TV, which is a great homage to a Friday, or not a Friday movie, a nightmare movie you haven't seen yet, uh, so I won't ruin it, okay. where someone gets killed with a TV. Okay. Uh, <laughs> and then, of course, um, Billy, they managed to uh, shoot him Yeah. with Courtney Cox's great line. Didn't have the safety on time on that time, asshole. <laughs> and then uh, Randy's great line of... Watch out, this is the part where the killer, comes, killer back. comes back up for the final scare. And then he doesn't shoot him in the head. I love the noise that he makes, which is, ah! <laughs> <laughs> when he pops back up. It's literally like, ah! But at the same time, it makes sense because he thinks he's making a horror movie. Yeah. Like, because it would be easy to be like, why didn't he just lay there? He could... Then try to like be like, no, she went nuts. They killed all these people. They did. Look how beat up I am. Yeah. I got shot twice. It's them. Randy snapped. She snapped. She wanted a story. Yeah. But he can't do that because he's making a horror movie and he has to follow the rules. Yeah. Ah, It's so good. It's so good. I would say like, let's get into the making of this movie, but. I kind of gave all my tidbits throughout because they're just so good because I love this movie so much. Yeah. So uh, let's jump right to uh, how do we tie this to Tarantino? Randy is literally Tarantino, but for horror movies, yeah. working in a video store, love yeah. talking about movies. Well, I mean, the easy one is Rose McGowan is in a Tarantino movie. <laughs> She's in Grindhouse. <laughs> I've never seen it. Oh, it's good. I, I, I like them. That's the one 
Tarantino movie I've never seen. A lot of people prefer the Robert Rodriguez half of that, but I actually really like the Tarantino half. I bet you money that I'll feel the same way. I don't know. Um, The people who complain about the Tarantino half are not wrong. Because it finds him at his most like, oh, look what I know. Oh, did you know this? And it's like not just about movies, uh-huh. which is when he can get kind of annoying. <laughs> but that's why I love Tarantino. Right. So like the people who like don't like that one, I'm like, you're not wrong. Because <laughs> then the Robert Rodriguez half is just like a nutso zombie movie that's like super over the top and really fun. Mm. So like I get it. All right. So. That's Scream. I love this movie. It's my favorite. I can't wait to make you watch all the other ones. <laughs> yeah. We need to figure out how we're going to handle sequels and franchises. Yeah. All right. But yeah, I love Scream. We'll figure out these franchises some other time. Yeah. To lead into next month, which will be December, Ghostface is the killer. And we are going to do Ghosts. Yeah. What are we starting yeah. with, Zach? Oh, God. What are we starting with? <laughs> We're going with a ghost slasher. Oh, yeah. He's our way into it. We're going to start with the Tony Todd classic, Candyman. Which I've heard many good things about, but haven't been spoiled about anything. I'm so glad. I just heard it's it's good. It's a really good movie. Cool. I'm very excited (laughs) to watch it. All right. So, Zach, where can everybody find you on uh, social medias and things? Uh, You can find me at Zach Shirk on Instagram and ZachShirk.com. Matt, where can they find you? You can find me on just about everything as I Draw Paintings. And you can, of course, follow me on my Facebook page, Matt Mears, for art. And also, uh, we're about eight episodes in now. Uh, We are on, as of recording this, we are now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, YouTube. So we're (laughs) We're on everything. Yeah. So wherever you listen to us, give us a like, give us a follow, rating. Please give us some comments some feedback. We would love to hear from you guys. Yeah. If there's a movie you want us to cover, if you yeah. think there's a good theme, we just closed our second theme ever slasher. Yeah. You know, if there's something like that you want to hear about, please let us know. Yeah. Now that we're starting to get rolling, starting yeah. trying things out, getting a hang of things. We got this horror train rolling. Yeah. So let us know what you think. What you want to hear from us next? And uh, with why that, are we slowly drifting into NPR voice? Oh, and also, don't forget to follow uh, Supermoon on all the social medias. Yes. Hey, Supermoon on Twitter, Supermoon Studio on Instagram, SupermoonSociety.com, where you can find links to where you can listen to all of us at. And uh, with that, remember, your principal loves you. Get home (laughs) safe. Bye. Bye.